0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Four Square Church audio podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Stop mourning this flesh. Because we get saved, and we have a tendency to... Look back at this thing that we put in the grave. We crucified it. We said that we killed it. But then we want to go back and spend some time with it. In fact, we want to be buddy-buddy with it. Now, I'm just going to get real here. How many of you, if um, those individuals that were in the grave that you uh, say goodbye to, if they reached out and tried to encounter your life, uh huh? You say, <laughs> well, you say it ain't true. <laughs> uh, uh-uh, it ain't true. It ain't true. Why? Because. That time is past. That time has passed. What has died, let it stay at rest. Let it stay at rest. Don't let this come back to haunt you. Don't let it come back to interrupt the life that you have going on. You see, we have to learn the difference between the two. But he says, why? He says, why? He says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. The part that we put away is the trespasses and the sins. The part that we put away is that thing that was holding us back in the first place. Isn't that why you came to Jesus? You saw a need for change. You saw a need that there needed to be a, a difference in your life, that there to be a difference in the step. You wanted to breathe a little easier. So you said, Lord, help me breathe. Lord, I need some life. I need some change. So these verses are telling you that God recognized the need for change. He said, we're in a time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. It's very important to understand. All of us. Not a single one of us was exempt. Every single one of us walked in sin. Every single one of us at one time yielded to the enemy. Every single one of us at one time or another walked as a child of disobedience to God. Anybody who says they, they were not or did not is walking in denial. See, God says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's very important for us to be real with ourselves. You see, so when I gave my life to Christ, I realized something. You know, I'm free. I was no longer in jail. Pastor Jasper, I was never in jail anymore. God set me free. So guess what? He said, Satan had no more power nor no more authority over me at all. So my job was to accept it. So guess what? If Satan is put under my foot, in fact, I'll put both feet on him. So if he's under my feet, the only thing that gets in my way is what we talked about earlier, me. My way of thinking. My understanding that I already got him pressed down. So the only thing I got to deal with is me. I had somebody tell me one time, he said, you know what, I just got to get rid of my stinking thinking. (laughs) You know, that's that 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 that, those thoughts that just are not lining up with God, those thoughts that just keep pulling me back to where I don't belong. Because stinking thinking is that, that that thinking that takes you right back to the grave. Yeah, that thing that you've already buried after a while, it begins to stink. You see, so why would I want to go back to the stinking thinking? I'm to stay where it's fresh. <laughs> I got to stay where it's aromatic. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I need to stay where there's a fragrance of Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. I need to stay where there's a fragrance of the word. I need to stay where there's a fragrance of that righteousness that smells good. You see, but when you look at this thing here, God is not wanting us to deny who we were. He wants us to recognize that his grace came to change the whole situation. What did he say? What was our condition? Among whom also we all had our conversations in time past in the lust. Of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the what? Mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Why? Because we were ignorant. How many of you know ignorance is not a bad word? A lot of times, you know, I remember growing up and people say, well, you're just ignorant. You want to fight. Somebody calls you ignorant. You want to fight. All they were saying is you just don't know. And sometimes they were so ignorant, they didn't even know that was what they were saying. Seriously. We think we try to insult people and don't even realize we're insulting ourselves, Really? But the thing is, is we're all ignorant at some point or in some things. Our job is to learn. Our job is to get to where we understand. And God says we were being who we were because that's all we knew. You were born in iniquity and shaping in sin. You didn't know no better. So if you don't know better, you don't do better. So I'm telling you this morning, stop beating yourself up because of what you didn't know. Parents, make sure your children aren't ignorant, though. If you know Christ, don't make them ignorant to Christ. I've met so many parents that say, well, when they get older, I'll start taking them to church so they can start deciding for themselves. Well, if you don't give them information to decide on, how are they going to know You see, but we have to gain as much knowledge as we can so we can make the right choices in life. This word is so important because of the fact that it will keep you from walking in ignorance. We can't say, lead me and guide me, Lord, unless we know what direction we're supposed to go. I can't get out and say I'm going to drive to Albuquerque and not be willing to look at the road signs. Or at least try to look in a map before I get going. Because how many of you know sometimes uh, uh, you may have a GPS, but if it fails and you out in the middle of nowhere, you better have some money to buy another GPS or you better have a map and know how to read it. Cause it ain't no good to have a map and you don't know how to read it. You see, very important for us to get this. We were all ignorant. And there's no shame in being ignorant in something. The shame is when you refuse to learn. So this is who we were. But here's the thing I want to take you to in Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. And I'll read this. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in, in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served in the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which were your fathers, which your fathers served, were on the side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose hand, whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now here he was speaking, understanding that, look, you need to understand. There is a choice every day that we make. Now, you can look back to the gods that your fathers and your mothers served. You can look to the gods of this world, is what he's saying. You can look to the old things, or you can look to the real God. It's just that simple. He was telling them, but he was letting them know, you have a choice. You have a choice. I was talking... (laughs) I was talking to Brother Aaron because one of the things that set me free was understanding choice. How many of you feel as though you're in warfare right now? Mhm yeah, can I enlighten you in something? You're not in warfare. I know some of you saying, I ain't raising my hand because I know it's going to be a trick question. But I'm going to tell you why it's not warfare. Because God says you're more than a conqueror. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God says all you have to do is resist the devil and he will flee from you. God says you have the power to cast out demons. You have been given authority by Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. You see, so I want, to, want you to understand, you are not in warfare. You're in denial of your authority. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Is that not what God's word says? But see, what we need to understand is we're confused about who we are. You see, all you need to do is recognize who you are. And then put the enemy in his place. If a thought rises up and it's not of God, what should you do with it? Exactly. Exactly. He says in his word, he says, bring every thought into captivity. You see, you have the power to do that. It's a choice. It's not warfare. It's a choice. You just got to know who you are. Whose you are. And understand that just as quickly as I come up and I try to tell this... if I tell my brother here, look, that's not your wife. She's mine. What are you going to tell me? <laughs> yeah. Say, so you better go look somewhere else. Was that hard? Was that warfare? You just put me in my place, right? I can't make it no simpler than that, people. Either it's God's word or it's not. Either it goes along with God's word or it doesn't. Either it's God's will or it's not. It's just we got to choose that God is right and everything else is wrong. Is this making any sense? See, we got to understand we waste so much time fretting and fearing and fighting and the only person we're fighting is ourselves. We, and that's why we get so wore out, wrestling with ourselves. Man, I sure am tired. And then we and, and then we turn around and give Satan credit. Mm. Man, devil been all over me today. Devil been doing this and devil been doing that. No. Yeah, we get we, you know, he said thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> he don't have to do no advertising. We do it for him. We do. You know I'm telling the truth, right? And then we give him credit for what our flesh does. That's what makes it even worse. You see the idea here is we need to understand we fight the wrong battles out of ignorance sometimes. That's why it's so important for us to understand. He says, for, he says that's why it's so important for us to, with all thy getting, get understanding. You see, I, I, I got so free when God started dropping these things in my spirit. And I started realizing, oh, man, enemy's got a problem now. <laughs> y'all don't understand, when I get something, I run with it. When I, when I was a kid, I didn't take nothing from nobody. And guess what? I ain't taking nothing from the enemy either. I just simply talk to the hand. And by the way, you keep messing with me. And all I do is remind him. Of his fate. All I do is remind him of his fate. Oh by the way. Do you realize. That God's prepared a place for you. While I am going to be in the glory of God. Do you realize the pit of hell. Is designed just for you. I remind Satan of his demise. And he has no choice in it. See, but I chose where I'm going. Because God chose me. You see, you just got to know who you are. And understand, just because you didn't know something in the past doesn't keep you from knowing all you need to know right now amen he says but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved so I want you to understand this God knows who you are what you were what you've done down to the 10th degree and he said it didn't matter So how many of you beat yourselves up sometimes because of your past? Mm-hmm. Remember that word, past? It's not your present. Now, I've got to get real again. Did Jesus forgive you? Did he die for you? So let me ask you a question. Is your past greater than Jesus? Is your sin greater than the sacrifice that he made on the cross? So why does your past matter? We're just getting logic, logical here, okay? Sometimes that's how you have to deal with the flesh. You have to come down to its level so you can put it in its place. You have no reason to be down on yourself for your past. Not. Not unless your past is your present. Amen. <laughs> Remember, I told you I got to get real. If your past is your present, then it isn't your past. But if your past is your present, you have an opportunity to make it your past. Stop making the past come alive. If it's just a thought, now here's how you know the difference. If it's just a thought and you know you're still not doing that thing, it's your past. All you're doing is thinking about your past. And if you're thinking about your past, all it is is your flesh trying to reach up and grab you and bring you back. And what do you have the authority to do? Bring that thought into captivity. Believe who God says you are. Trust who God says you are. Walk in who God says you are. And guess what? That's who you are. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. So the question is, who are you? Who are you? My wife will tell you, in my, you know, in my past churches, I used to always do that. I used to always ask that question. If I came up to you and I asked you, who are you? And they knew what the response was better to be. What's the response Ben? A child of God. There you go. You don't go through an identity crisis. You know who you are. You're who God says you are. He said you were worthy. You are worthy of the kingdom of God. You are worthy for him to give his son. You are worthy for for him to pour out his spirit upon you and trust you. Now, here's the thing. God trusts you with his reputation. Doesn't he? You're a Christian. Christos, Christ-like. That's what you are. He said, for you to go forth, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good work and cause them to glorify the Father in heaven. He said, for you, as you walk forth, from a moment somebody says, I'm a Christian, people are looking at you to say, okay, who is this God? That's the faith he's got in you. So you rely on the faith he's got in you, not the faith you got in yourself. Say, you know what? flesh, leave me alone. I know who I am. And then you walk on in who God says you are, right? Say, yeah, pastor, that's easy for you to say. You know what? It is. It is. The proof is not in the saying. The proof is in the walk. great thing is, I've learned to ignore the voices in my head. If it doesn't comply with God, then it's not from God, so therefore I don't have anything to listen. Talk to the hand. You just got to learn how to shut yourself down. And how do you shut yourself down as a Christian? By moving forward. I ain't got time to listen to you. I got too much I'm doing. Living for the Lord ain't got time to stop for no nonsense. Even when it's nonsense that's coming from you, right? You don't have to know how to put down your own nonsense. How many of you know you've come up with some crazy stuff in your life? I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. But let's look at Romans seven eight. It says, "But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for wherewith the law is sin." Wherewith, for without the law, sin was what? Okay, that goes back again. What is it that brings us to the knowledge of sin? It's the law. It was the law, and it's the word of God. Without it, we think that what we're doing is okay. We think that what we're doing is right. Now, I'm saying this for two reasons. I want you to recognize that verse for two reasons, not just for yourself. So you cannot beat yourself up and understand, hey, wow, now I know the truth so I can walk in it. But also understand, don't be so hard on the people outside of the world of God. They can't help themselves. Walk in forgiveness because they're ignorant just like you were. You ought to know better. If they haven't accepted Christ, they can't do better. Love them. Love them. Give them the opportunity to come in. Don't take things so personally. Shoot, they're wounding me. they hurting me. <clears throat> How many people did you do that to? Because before we come to God, we're selfish. We really are. The only person that matters before Christ is me. That's the way we are. Well, they're still in that place. They don't understand that they're loved. They don't understand that there's forgiveness. They don't understand that there's a a way out. They don't understand peace. They don't understand joy. They're struggling. They don't realize they don't have to struggle. And the only way they're going to believe you when you try to give them a witness. I want you to get this. The only way they're going to believe you. About the things that you tell them in Christ. Is by them watching you for a while. Because they want to see if it's real. Now I hear what you are saying. They want to they wanna watch for a while. They want to see the truth. They want to see what you really believe. They want to see when that hard moment come around, how you're going to handle it. They want to see if all of a sudden you start to break down and lose your cool when you're telling them to trust God. They want to see if all of a sudden you start cussing out your neighbor when... your neighbor offends you or are you going to love them anyway? They want to look and see what's for real. What you do is real. Because I'm going to tell you what, even if I come up and I come up to you and everybody's watching and I just cuss you up one side and down the other, They say, oh, man, what is wrong with pastor? Mm -hmm. Then he's supposed to be an elder, too. That boy done lost his mind. But then in the next breath, sis, I'm so sorry. I don't know what got into me. I've been going through a lot lately, but you know what? That's no excuse. Please forgive me. See, and and guys, I'm sorry. I should have never done it. You see how easy it is to rebound. You can't let pride get in the way. See, but the enemy, as soon as you go off, say, "Man, you sure did screw up. You messed up." And then what? What do you do? Then you go. She shouldn't have. Then you go on your little way. That's where your flesh and the enemy got the victory. You see, we got to remember. Yeah, this flesh can rise up, but instantly we can put it down. Instantly we can choose. And instantly we can take back what the enemy tried to steal from us. Are you getting this? It's so important, people. This is about life's lessons. Humility makes a big difference. In verse 6, it says, as we go on, oh, better yet, let me hit Romans uh, 8 and 10, because I don't want to miss that. Because here it says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of Righteousness. You see what the illustration that I'm giving you here. You see if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin. In other words the body no longer has authority. Because now Christ has authority. So the body is now crucified is dead. Because it's a sinful nature. It came into a world full of sin. You learned that's all from birth. You learned with sinful ways or the worldly ways. And God says, no, when Christ comes, all of that gets put to the grave. Why? Because you choose it. You choose it. God's way is the right way. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from this sinful flesh of mine. So I've put it down and I believe what God says I am. Why? He says, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And for those who need to understand what righteousness is, righteousness is simply being in right with God. I'm standing in right standing with God. That's all it is, it's not anything mysterious. But it's good. He says in verse 6 in Ephesians. He says, chapter 2. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That in the ages that come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. So we hear a lot of misinterpretation of the word grace too. Because a lot of times I've heard people say, well, I'm just saved by grace. And their interpretation of saved by grace means I can just keep on doing what I'm doing and God doesn't care. No. Grace is that moment of unmerited favor that God has given you. That says, I know you're a sinner, but you know what? I'm going to pardon you right now. Grace is right now. Grace is right now. Grace is what he showed to say, look, I'm giving you the opportunity to come out. You don't have to stay where you are. That's grace. Grace is not a license to sin. We need to get this right. In other words, God says, I'm going to stoop down. And I'm going to give you favor right where you are. Now, will you take advantage of it? Because when you come through the door of grace. You come through it with a mind. Of going in another direction. That's grace. It's the same difference as when you say, I'm sorry versus I repent. I'm sorry is not repentance. That's right. That's right. Come on. I keep beating on my wife. Telling her I'm sorry while I'm doing it. My wife is saying, You need to repent. Repentance means to turn away from what you're doing. See, I can say I'm sorry all day long, but I'll beat the daylights out of her. My job is to repent. My job is to turn away from that thing which is offending her, that thing that is damaging her, that thing that is hurting her. That's repentance. I repent, Lord, knowing I'm going back in that direction. I have not a heart of repentance. Now, don't get me wrong. But sometimes you'll repent. And you'll get tripped up. It's not because you intended to do it. It's not because you plan to do it. And it's not because you're putting yourself in a position to do it. It snuck up on you. You messed up. Now go to God. And get it right. Then put your best foot forward again. And each time you'll get stronger. But don't expect yourself to sin. If you expect yourself to sin, guess what you're going to do? <laughs> He's saying that with a tone. <laughs> but that's what we'll do. Because we have not raised the bar. We have not raised our expectation. Your expectation is to do something different. And thank you, Lord. God is so good. If your expectation is just to stop sinning. With no expectation to do something different. You will not move forward. You've got to set spiritual goals based on the word of God. You've got to know what God expects from you. Look at your roles. When you go in the Bible, look up your roles. Are you a husband? Look up your role as a husband. Are you a wife? Look up your role as a wife. Are you somebody's daughter or somebody's son? Look up your role as a daughter, as a son. Look up your role as a father and as a mother. Look up your role as a grandmother and a grandfather. Look up your role as a pastor. Look up your role as a teacher. Look up your role as a worker. Look up your role as an employer. And then build an expectation so this way you have something to look at and look toward. Otherwise, you're just sitting in limbo waiting for your past to catch up to you. You've got to look to what you're changing into. You've got to look at what you're changing into. With an expectation that the change is coming. Otherwise, the moth stays a moth. It never turns into a butterfly. You look at them, you look, you look at that little moth crawling on the ground, you know, that little caterpillar, I should say. You look at that caterpillar and say, oh well, he's okay. Don't even want to touch him. But the butterfly, what are you chewing? Butterflies and leave me alone. Because it's so beautiful. God is trying to make us into a butterfly. But we're afraid of the change. He's quickened you, He's given you the ability to transform. He's given you the ability to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. He says it's a gift of God. Not of works least any man should boast. For we are what his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should Walk in them. Now I want to clarify this last point. Not of works least any man should boast. Does not mean. You don't do anything. That second phrase. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, it's not of your works. It's not of what you think you ought to do. But it's of your following and what Christ says will lead you to righteousness. See, because a lot of times people say, well, by grace I'm saved. It ain't about nothing I do. No, 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 no. He said, no, 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 what I've created you and given you the ability to be remolded and reshaped into the right image. He says, I don't you don't need to. And this is the great thing about it. God has taken all of the mystery out of it. All of the question marks, all of the fears that I've had are gone because I don't have to think so much. I don't have to try to figure out things so much. All I have to do is be obedient to the word of God. He made it easy. I don't have to figure out what's right and wrong. I know. I know. And if what I'm doing goes against the word of God, I'm the one who's wrong. So I just need to get back in line. And all of a sudden peace comes. And I'm all good. Is any of this making sense? I hope so. Because otherwise I made a trip down here for nothing. See, I want you to understand this this is what God expects from us. I want you to have the joy. I want you to have the peace that comes with walking in obedience to God. Walking in a greater faith that understands, you know what? I trust God more than I trust myself. How many of you know when you trusted yourself, you failed yourself a lot? So why do you keep fighting with trusting yourself? and Like, well, yeah, I know God says, but. Well, but this is what I'm used to. This is what I know. This is how I've always been. That's what you're trying to get away from. Right? At least I know that was my case. My peace came in surrender to the word, trusting God. And today I want to encourage you to understand that God knows you better than you know yourself. The great thing is God also knows what he created you for. If you've been looking for your purpose in life, understand you can only find that in God. He created you. He's the one that brought life into you. He's the one that has brought purpose into your life. Instead of wondering what it is that I'm supposed to do or who is it that I'm supposed to be, just simply allow God to grow you. And sooner or later, you'll find out what your purpose is because you will have grown into that purpose. Faith means I don't need to know the answer right now. I just need to walk in his plan. And he'll give me an understanding by and by. That's faith. We are people that by nature. Tell me the plan. Show me the future. Then I'll go. Here's the thing. (laughs) How many times have you seen the future or seen your plans and said, I ain't going? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the truth. And God knows us. He says, look, don't worry about it. Trust me, I'm not going to put you beyond what you can bear. Trust me that I'm not going to take you somewhere that I'm not going to equip you for. All I want you to do is worry about right now and being equipped. And when the time comes, you'll be ready. Because I'll have equipped you along the way. Understand? you ever been on a scavenger hunt it's like i went by the church the other day had a had an alarm going off at the church and and so they called you know they called me alarm and kind of said hey we got alarm going off at such and such and i went down there and come to find out somebody had left the door open but while i was down there i kept wondering why is this truck sitting out front and so me and my little boldness i just rolled down the window pull up said excuse me can i help you <laughs> And they said, oh, oh, no, we're just doing, what's that thing, Uh, I forgot the name of it now, where they're on the internet, and they do that scavenger hunt thing? Pokemon. Pokemon or whatever it is. Yeah, Pokemon. Oh, no, we're just Pokemon. I'm sitting there, what is wrong with people? (laughs) There's a couple and they just run around all over the city with this Pokemon thing. Say, so you ain't got no, nothing better to do. <laughs> but think about it. People get excited at the quest, searching and looking and finding answers. I've said this over and over again, and some of you know that I say this all the time, but you know what? The excitement of Christianity is the not knowing. The adventure of Christianity is just seeing where God is going to take you from one day to the next. The excitement of Christianity is that growth that takes place because when he takes you and he takes you to a place where you've never been before. And you find out it's a good place. Or you find out that you can do things you never thought you could do. Because he's taking you out of that comfort zone. You can be somebody that somebody told you you could never be because of who God says you are. When you learn you can survive when everybody else said you were through. That's the greatness of Christianity. The greatness of faith is when you can walk past your own fear, your own doubt, And simply just walk in God's confidence in you. He saved you because He sees your potential when you don't even see your own. He loves you when you've lost all love and respect for your own self. I don't know about you, but that's a good God. He's he's seen me through so much. And in times when I thought I just would not have the strength to go on. Somehow he just reached out and picked me up. and the reality is I didn't even have to walk with him. He just carried me. You've got to understand it's so much better just to trust him, just to surrender, just to lay in his hands because they're so big. Stop worrying about everything. Stop fretting about everything and realizing that your worry doesn't accomplish anything. He said, worry cannot add one cubit to your stature. In fact, one of his commands in here says, be anxious for nothing. Because it accomplishes absolutely nothing. It just gives us the feeling that we're doing something. It's just the flesh's way of trying to cause you to yield to stress. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Grab your vision of where you know you need to be and walk toward it. Look forward to where God is taking you. Don't waste your time looking back. I remember when God was delivering his children out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he told Lot, the angel said, look, when you guys leave this place, because it's an abomination under God, don't look back. You focus on where you're going. You're focused on where God is leading you. But don't you look back. And that whole family, as they were leaving the city, the father and the daughters going out of the city, but the wife, she couldn't resist the temptation. She looked back and she wasn't able to take another step because she turned into a pillar of salt. You see, you don't need to look at your past because your past has nothing to do with your future. The past is just something we learn from. You focus on where you're going. You don't even have to look back to see what God is doing back there. Your concern needs to be on what he's doing up here. So my question today is simply, where do you want to go? For some of us, it's good enough to say, I want to be as far away from where I've been. That's a start. Just trust God for the journey. Trust God for the journey. I can only give you my personal testimony. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Even when the trials are here, I know that God's in charge. When my flesh tries to press me down and cause me to feel oppressed, I just call on Jesus. And He gives me my self worth, He gives me my value. See, He reminds me of who I am in Him, and He reminds me of all the things that I can do in Him. He reminds me that my life has purpose, it has meaning that i never had before. See, I can't look to this flesh for that. I look to my Creator. Each of you have a mission in life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be breathing. You have a purpose in life. My encouragement to you today is to rise up to that purpose. You don't have to know what it is that you're going to fulfill. Just take it one step at a time. One day at a time. One lesson of righteousness after another. Thanking God for every step. And when you fall, when you trip up, when you slip up, do just like anybody with common sense when they fall in the mud. You don't want to lay down there long enough that it sticks to you. You get up as soon as you can. And then you go brush yourself off, clean yourself off, and that's what repentance is all about. And then you just press on again. And next time you know, I got to walk around that puddle. Don't be afraid to feel good about the lessons learned. Don't beat yourself up for the mistakes. Count it all joy that God allowed you to learn through the experience. You survived it. I know you survived it. Some of you survived a lot, but you're still ticking. You're still pressing on. You're not destroyed. So, God is good. God is good. And apparently, God says you are too. He says, I have need of you. So, my question is simple Will you acknowledge? Who he says you are. Where you acknowledge that he says you have value, you have purpose. And above all things, that he says you have the ability to be all that he has called you to be. There is no battle, there's only choice. Yeah, there is a war. But God told you you already won it. See, that's the great thing about this. There is no struggle, only decision. Your question is simple What will you choose? Who will you choose? and when will you choose as for me and my house my house my house we will choose the lord and that concludes today's podcast of restoration foursquare church thanks again for joining us today We hope that you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week.